Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Epic Episode 26 of Random Song Encounters. I'm your host, Gene Vincent, and yes, we've been doing this for six months now. Once a week, 26 weeks equals half a year. So uh, in light of that, we're going to call this episode uh, our semi-annual half-to-bake sale, uh, just like your random weekly um, farmer's market with a plethora or a whatever you want to call it of, of great random flora, musical flora and fauna for your listening pleasure. Uh, we're again coming to you from our so-called desert compound uh, and excited to bring these tunes for you to you this week uh, as we celebrate our six month anniversary together. Uh, thank you for joining us, and let's get right to the music. Segment one, we're going to start out with a, a tune from the sev- early 70s about trucking, but not uh, particularly the one you might be thinking of. Here we go. See you on the other side.
There you have it, segment one, Breathe Deeper, Daydreamer. Um, let's go back to the beginning. We spend six decades in this particular segment, and a great set of tracks to open up the show. Um, just like wandering through the, the farmer's market and seeing those perfect little <laughs> fruits and vegetables. <laughs> uh, in any case... We started off with uh, a group called Hot Tuna and their uh, hit back from 1972 called Keep On Trucking. Bet you thought it was going to be trucking by the Grateful Dead, but eh, we fooled you again. Uh, it's from their 1972 LP called Burgers, uh, which was their second LP. <clears throat> they formed back in 1965 as an offshoot of Jefferson Airplane. A uh, couple of couple of the members, Jorma Kokkonen and Jack Cassidy, uh, it was supposed to be a side project while Jefferson Airplane uh, was was not touring or recording. Uh, his vocalist Grace Slick was recovering from vocal cord surgery, so they were looking for something to do. Got together, formed this band, and uh, you know, off they went with this kind of you know uh, pop folk kind of a sound, country kind of a sound, but uh, you know, cool stuff. Um, the band name comes from, uh, partic in particular, this song. One of the lyrics of this song is, what's that smell like fish, pretty mama? Uh, and people or someone would called out uh, during the a live performance of the show, they called out hot tuna. And so they took, <laughs> took that <laughs> name and uh, became their group name. Uh, so quite interesting there. Um, once Jefferson Airplane resumed touring, uh, Hot Tuna, you know, they were a couple of guys in Jefferson Airplane, uh, became the opening act for Jefferson Airplane for uh, as they toured. Uh, it, but it wasn't until 1972 that uh, the Tuna guys became an independent group. Uh, and that's when Jefferson Airplane stopped touring regularly. Um, they ended up parting ways, though, in 1975, not home, sorry, 1977, uh, although they've had a couple of short reunions that have taken place over the years. This was the first studio album by the group. The first, they had two other albums that were released, but they were all both live recordings. This song in particular, uh, Keep On Trucking, is a cover of a, an old, old 1936 uh, blues tune by Blind Boy Fuller. Uh, and it was originally called Truckin' My Blues Away. But uh, really cool track. I just love the, the lyrics in this thing. Uh, it's a specific style of blues song. Uh, and I can't remember what that is now. That, uh, that's, uh, it's named for its lyrical lyrics and the way the lyrics are put together. But uh, I'll have to look that up and, you know, uh, get back to you on that one. After that, we heard 1966. Psychotic Reaction by The Count Five out of San Jose, uh, which was also the name of their debut LP, Psychotic Reaction. They formed in 1964 uh, and originally called themselves The Squires, two high school friends, uh, and they kind of were known for wearing Dracula-style capes when they were playing live, uh, which kind of, and there were five members of the group, so hence the name Count Five. Uh, Count Dracula capes. <laughs> they only made one LP and disbanded in 1969, 
uh, this particular track uh, sounds like a lot like a Yardbirds tune, like uh, I'm a Man or uh, For Your Love or something. Those you know, instrumental breaks in there uh, where, the, where the Yardbirds used to really crank it up. And this, this particular song, when it, when it goes into the instrumental portion, uh, has the, has a very identical sound. To, and, and the Yardbirds, in fact, were one of their big influences. Uh, the tune itself was originally an instrumental, go figure, uh, but their manager suggested they add lyrics to it because they, they really liked the sound of the track uh, and wanted to put some some uh, words to it and uh, see what they could do with it. So uh, they set about doing that, and it came from ended up coming from uh, a health education class they were taking at the time, uh, where their professor was lecturing about psychosis and neurosis. And one of the friends uh, leaned over and said, wow, that would be a great name for a song, Psychotic Reaction. And uh, hence the song and the lyrics developed from there and a great track for all time. After that, we came all the way up to 1987 and a little dance pop 80s alternative tune from The Breakfast Club called Right On Track. Uh, They're out of New York City and it was also, also... their debut LP called Breakfast Club. They formed in 1979, and as typically happens when groups are getting together and trying to develop their their sound, uh, they had went through several lineup changes. Uh, the interesting fact is that one of the lineup changes they went through before they uh, settled on a final uh, group or members uh, included future star Madonna as the drummer. Uh, the second album uh, was recorded uh, but rejected. Well, they only released one LP again. Another one was One and Out, guys. But the se- they, they did record a second album, but it was rejected by the record company and never released. Uh, and then the group broke up a year later, 1988. Uh, drummer and songwriter Stephen Bray uh, continued his collaboration with Donna, Madonna throughout the 80s and as a matter of fact helped co-write several of her hits during that 80s early 90s period so uh, I think they even dated for a period of time and lived together so on and so forth but uh, hey there's your little Madonna fact rolled into uh, uh, this particular band and group Breakfast Club right on track it's a cute uh, great little dance tune after that we went mm, opposite end of the track of the spectrum to a a blues track from 2013 uh, called I'm In, I'm Out, and I'm Gone by Ben Harper and Charlie Musselwhite uh, out of L.A. Uh, it's off the 19, uh, 2013 L3 LP, Get Up, and it was uh, Ben Harper's 11th LP and Charlie Musselwhite's 29th, respectively. This is a collaboration, again, Ben Harper, Charlie, Ben Harper has his own group, The Criminals, Little Criminals, and then Charlie Musselwhite is a is a legendary uh, harmonica player uh, in the blues war- uh, uh, genre. Has been around forever, and uh, they decided to collaborate on this particular LP, uh, which had been kind of brewing around since way back in 1997, like I mean, whatever whatever that is, 16 years before or whatever, uh, when the two recorded a track called Burning Hell with another blues legend legend uh, from San Francisco, John Lee Hooker. John uh, 
was really impressed by the chemistry of the two uh, when he worked with them. And uh, he basically just said, hey, you guys are great together. You should do, really do something and, and pursue it further. Uh, and so they kind of just, you know, kicked it around, kicked it around, kicked it around, and finally got around to coming out with this album. And, hey, uh, it was such a great collaboration and, and uh, album that it won a Grammy for the best blues album. So uh, there you have it. Great blues tune that we rolled in there for you. I'm in, I'm out, and I'm gone. And then lastly in that segment, we uh, went to 1995 and the Britpop scene uh, and a tune called Daydreamer by a group called Menswear out of the UK uh, off their 1995 debut LP again, Nuance. They formed in 94 uh, and they were again one of these short-lived uh, one and out or two and out kind of groups uh, only releasing two LPs before before Partying Ways three years later and uh, or four years later in 1998. Uh, Founding members Chris Gentry and Johnny Dean uh, were trying to get themselves into this Brit pop scene, but they were, they were one of a couple of these guys that uh, just didn't know how to do it. So they were they started uh, uh, working in in the scene and and started making references to a top news unsigned band, which was their band Menswear. That's didn't even exist at the time. There were no, no music. They were just trying to get their names out there. They even appeared on the cover of uh, the, the big UK music magazine, Melody Maker, before they even uh, released any material, uh, just on <laughs> word of mouth that they were the next big thing. Uh, they had this song, um, you know, Daydreamer, written and nothing else. They recruited a friend who uh, contributed another song uh, as they needed to come up with a set list uh, for a debut gig in London that they had, had signed up for. Uh, they uh, ended up getting a record deal out of the, out of the gig and, uh, and ended up with only about seven songs to their credit when they got the record deal. And uh, they were even described as you know, better known for being seen than heard. But uh, this particular track is, is really cool, kind of has that... Uh, I don't know, blur kind of a feel to it, but uh, really dig it. So there you have segment one, and we're going to roll right into segment two in our half-baked sale, semi-annual, and kick it off with Lou Reed, and let's get vicious.
nest up in the autumn branches Built from nothing but high hopes and thin air Collected up some baby blasted mothers They took their chances and for a while they lived quite happily up there He came from New York City, man, but he couldn't take the pace uh, And thought it was like a doggy dog world And he went to San Francisco, spent a year in outer space With a sweet little San Franciscan girl I can hear my mother wailing and a whole lot of scraping of chairs I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on upstairs Like Miss Boo and Miss Quick He stockpiled weapons and took pot shots in the air He feasted on their lovely bodies like a lunatic And wrapped himself up in their soft yellow hair I can hear chants and incantations And some guy is mentioning me in his prayers Well, I don't know what it is But there's definitely something going on upstairs L.A., I don't know But Larry grew increasingly neurotic and obscene I mean, he, he never asked to be raised up from a tomb I mean, no one ever actually asked him to forsake his dreams He ended up, like so many of them do Back in the streets of New York City In a soup queue, a dope fiend, a slave Then prison, then the madhouse, then the grave Oh, poor Larry But what do we really know of the dead And who actually cares Well, I don't know what it is But there's definitely something going on upstairs Not sure what's happening, but there's definitely something going on upstairs. Dig, Lazarus, dig. Tuned by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds out of Australia off their 2008 Dig, Lazarus, dig LP, which was their 14th release. They formed back in 1983 uh, by frontman Nick Cave, of course, and uh, drummer Nick Harvey. Uh, they were in a prior band called Birthday Party that uh, broke up, and so they decided to start this uh, project. It was initially supposed to be uh, for Nick's debut solo project, 
and Mick was going to participate with some other folks to be the backing band uh, uh, for Nick Cave. Uh, they were originally called Nick Cave and the Caveman for the first six months that they were out there, and but they transitioned to the Bad Seeds uh, as reference to the final birthday party uh, group uh, EP called The Bad Seed. So uh, uh, good change there. Uh, this album is, is the last to feature the founding member, Mick Harvey. Um, the album's inspiration, and this song in particular, Dig Lazarus Dig, is, uh, comes from a loose uh, <clears throat> translation of the story of Lazarus, Lazarus being raised from the dead, dead by Christ. And uh, uh, Nick's wondering, you know, how Lazarus might have felt about the whole thing about being brought back and uh, wondering might, what he might have felt, felt about it. <clears throat> uh, kind of transitioned it to a, make it a hip, modern, contemporary feel, <clears throat> excuse me, by updating the story, sticking Lazarus in New York City and, uh, you know, all the things that happened in New York. And, again, you know, they, he travels to New York, San Francisco and L.A. and back to New York. And, you know, it's just a cool kind of way to... Uh, arrive at uh, something like that but uh, really cool track from Nick Cave Dig Lazarus Dig before that before that we heard from the beloved out of the UK and their song Hello from uh, 1990 and their album Happiness which was their second release they formed in 1983 and were originally a new wave style band like New Order uh, and they went by the name The Journey but in 1987, they uh, decided to transition out of the new wave format into a more house alternative dance style, which this particular track is, uh, you know, is really follows. Uh, and they found a lot greater success in that genre uh, versus the new wave. Uh, their last release, though, was back in 1996, and uh, nothing has really come from the beloved since then. Uh, but this was a cool, really... Uh, like say house alternative dance song and uh, one to include it there for you something to, a little more uh, dancing and upbeat before that we went back to 1983 and a group called the divinals who some of you may have known of or heard of out of australia their song only lonely off of their debut studio lp called desperate they released one prior lp which is a, was a soundtrack lp uh, but this is really their first uh, uh, studio LP as it were they formed in 1980 uh, the band primarily consisted of two regular members Chrissy Amphlett on vocals and Mark McEntee on guitar uh, <clears throat> Chrissy was known for her live performances uh, where she dressed as a in a schoolgirl girl uniform similar to ACDC's uh, Malcolm Young and with fishnet stockings to boot uh, the international release of this particular album included songs from that original soundtrack album that I mentioned uh, from the movie uh, they had done, uh, worked on called Monkey Grip. Uh, this particular track, Only Lonely, plus their big hit, Boys in Town, who, um, who you hopefully have heard of. It's a great, great track, and like I said, the biggest hit of their career, uh, were added to this international version of the LP. Uh, the group disbanded. In 1996, after the release of their uh, last LP, Underworld, <clears throat> and I think uh, Chrissy since passed away from uh, some kind of a cancer, so um, 
uh, the, the vinyls, great, great track from them, and, uh, you know, throw something from the 80s in there. Uh, prior to that, we heard a song from 1968 called Groovin' Is Easy by the Electric Flag out of San Francisco off their 1968 LP, A Long Time Coming, which was their debut studio LP. Again, uh, they put out, uh, I think, a, a prior LP that was live tracks or a, a soundtrack or something of that sort, but this was their first actual studio LP. Mike Bloomfield, uh, big blues guy, uh, formed the group in 1967 after a stint with a Paul Butterfield blues band. Uh, he wanted to step out there and create his own group that would feature what he called American music, which is kind of you know a, a mix of blues and soul, as he would have put it. Uh, the song itself, and in the group, original of one of the founding members was Buddy Miles, great, great, famous uh, drummer, who was then uh, at the time of this release, 19 years old, or when he joined the group on drums. Uh, this particular track also includes a vocal by Cass Elliot. Uh, Mama Cass, as you better know her, from the Mamas and Papas on, on the vocal uh, portion of the vocal during this particular track. Uh, the band effectively split uh, the same year, 1968, when Bloomfield left the group due to uh, exhaust exhaustion and uh, a drug addiction issue that he was dealing with. So short-lived again, but uh, a great, great track. And then the start-off segment two, we heard from the late, great Lou Reed out in New York City, his tune Vicious from his 1972 second solo LP, Transformer. Uh, Lou, as, as everybody knows, I mean, if you don't know Lou Reed, you're living under a rock, uh, a legend in the music business, known originally as the front man, uh, songwriter, uh, vocalist for the Velvet Underground, uh, as well as his own later on in life, uh, five decade solo career. Uh, Lou started off his career in music as a doo-wop artist, of, uh, you know, which is really odd, but uh, hey, there you go. And then uh, he worked as a stand as a college radio DJ, and then he went to work for a low-budget record company as a songwriter and a session musician where he met John Cale, uh, and they later uh, joined or formed uh, Velvet Underground. Uh, the Velvets were around from 1965 until Lou left the band in 1970, famously. Uh, he ended up moving back in with his parents, worked, I think, in an accounting firm for a while and started writing music again, uh, and then uh, got another record deal. And uh, uh, this was, again, his second LP. Transformer was actually produced by David Bowie and Mick Ronson. Uh, Bowie was a big fan of the Velvet Underground, as, Velvet Underground, as was Mick Ronson and he used his influence to help promote Lou Reed. Um, this particular song is a result of a conversation, uh, vicious, uh, between Lou Reed and his longtime comrade Andy Warhol. Uh, Andy just suggested out of the blue that he write a song called Vicious, and Reed was like, okay, what kind of vicious are you, <laughs> are you talking about? Uh, and Andy recited, oh, you know, vicious like I hit you with a flower. And uh, Lou literally wrote that down, and I think that's in the first verse of the song, uh, Vicious, you know, I hit you with a flower. Uh, but uh, really great track, or really rocking track, and uh, uh, Lou released 20 studio LPs before his death in 2013 from liver disease, but uh, just a great, great artist and uh, uh, great track from him. 
Uh, and with that, we're going to roll right into segment three. And we're going to go back to 1980, the 1980s again in a group called Golden Earring, who you may know from Radar Love fame, but uh, something different from them. Here we go.
There you have it. Segment three to close out the show and know your product. Great words and a great <laughs> uh, track there. But uh, let's go back to the beginning and work our way down to the, the la last track we just heard. Uh, we start off with Golden Earring from 1984 and their tune Clear Night Moonlight off their... Uh, 17th LP as it were called News N period E W W period S period, uh, which is supposed to just stand for Northeast West South. Um, great track by them. Uh, they formed surprisingly, I had no idea uh, that they had been around this long. Uh, they formed back in 1961. Uh, two of the guys were neighbors, George Cuyams was 15 years old at the time, uh, was guitarist, and, and Rhinus Gerritsen uh, was 13, or vice versa, uh, played the bass and a keyboard. Uh, and they were originally called the Tornadoes, but they found that that name was already being used, so they had to uh, change their name, and they came up uh, with Golden Earring from a uh, song, an instrumental song, called Golden Earrings by a group called The Hunters who they used to open for. So they took that name on and then stuck and uh, stayed with them ever since. Uh, they actually released eight LPs uh, before cracking the U.S. market and they, they had a lot of success in Europe and the Netherlands in particular where they were from. Uh, finally after eight LPs they released their, their gigantic hit Moontan LP, which featured their smash hit Radar Love, uh, which really launched their career uh, in the U.S. and, and worldwide. Uh, their last re release was in 2015, uh, but they had to disband due to uh, health-related issues in the band. And uh, But they had some great tracks. I mean, Radar Love uh, uh, was just one. Uh, this particular track, Clear Night, Moonlight, was another great track from them. Uh, you know, uh, just a great group, and uh, like I say, been around forever and ever and ever. Golden Erie. After that, we went to the 90s and the Breeders out of Dayton, Ohio, uh, and their song, Do You Love Me Now, off their uh, big LP, Last Splash, which was their second. <clears throat> the band was originally formed in 1989 as a side project for Kim Deal, who was in the, in the Pixies at the time, bass player, and Tanya Donnelly, who was in Throwing Muses. Uh, Kim's sister, Kelly, was at, brought, brought in to the band as a third guitarist, although famously she'd never played guitar before in her life, uh, before joining the group, so uh, it was a work in progress. Uh, Tanya left shortly after uh, they had an initial, like, say, LP and an EP that they put out, uh, and then she left the group uh, to form another group called Belly uh, after Throwing Muses uh, disbanded. Uh, they, they originally, uh, the band originally described themselves as the Bengals from Hell, which kind of is a, is a good fit and a good description for them and, and their music from the 90s. Uh, they borrowed the band name, the Breeders, from... Uh, a group that the Deal Sisters, Kim and Kelly, were previously in together. Uh, and it's actually uh, 
a gay derogatory slang term for heterosexuals, uh, and which uh, they found amusing and uh, uh, thought it was a good fit. Uh, their last LP release was in 2018, but they did put out a cover song in, in 2021 of a, uh, called uh, The Dirt Eaters and played at Coachella uh, last year in 2023. Uh, they're currently out touring. Uh, I think they're in Australia right now, but they're uh, going to be in the U.S. and they're going to be supporting Olivia Rodrigo, which is, seems to me like an odd, you know, uh, a couple of groups to put together, but, uh, you know, whatever works. And uh, I think they sold out four dates in L.A. Uh, in this coming summer. So it um, uh, sounds like it's uh, working out well for them and uh, hope to get something new from the breeders in the future. After that, we heard uh, from supergroup Cream and their song Deserted Cities of the Heart off their third LP, Wheels of Fire, from 1968. They formed a couple of years earlier in 1966 and were regarded as the first supergroup. Uh, and it's Eric Clapton on guitar, of course, uh, Ginger Baker on drums, and Jack Bruce on bass and vocals. Um, Eric Clapton and Ginger Baker supposedly had m met uh, in some way, shape, or form and were both interested in starting a new band is they were kind of disenchanted with the bands they were in at the time I think Clapton had just left the Yardbirds and Ginger Baker was in another group and uh, um, Ginger Baker act finally asked Clapton if he wanted to join his group and Eric agreed uh, uh, on the condition that they hire Jack Bruce who he'd worked with br briefly when uh, they were both in the Blues Breaker and he wanted to work with him uh, uh, further um, Jack Brook, I mean, uh, Ginger Baker was hesitant as he and Jack had worked in a prior group together and, and literally didn't get along at all, but they were willing to give it a shot, and so Cream was born. Uh, this particular album, Wheels of Fire, is regarded as the first platinum-selling double LP uh, that was ever um, issued. Uh, the f on the double LP, the first, the first uh, record in the set is a studio uh, recording, and then while the second one is taken from, I think a half a dozen live performances in San Francisco at the Fillmore Auditorium and the Winterland Ballroom uh, that they put together. Uh, the group broke up after four LPs in 1968 due to uh, those ongoing tensions between uh, Bruce and Baker, uh, and Eric Clapton was constantly trying to play Peacemaker, but uh, you know, it, the end finally came and they couldn't uh, couldn't make a go of it any longer. So hence, uh, great, great group, Cream broke up and never to be heard from again. I think they had a couple of, uh, you know, uh, concerts where they got back together and played, uh, famously one at Royal Albert Hall back uh, a few years back, but uh, uh, no longer. After that, we heard from Meg Myers and her song, Sorry, from her debut LP, also called Sorry, 2015. Meg started at, out at the age of 12 uh, writing songs and teaching herself piano, bass, and guitar. And by 19, uh, she, at the time, was with her family, was living in Florida, uh, and she decided to move to L.A. to pursue her music career. Uh, she did what she could to make go of it. She worked as a waitress and gigged around at shows whenever she could and she finally landed a production company deal. Um, she's 
said she wants her music to make people unafraid to feel and and that's if you listen to the lyrics and the, and the music it's it's really deep and heavy and and this particular track I really dug but uh, that's exactly what she's uh, putting out there uh, she did release two EPs prior to this first LP uh, which, but this was the first like I said full length version that she put out uh, she's still out there making music going strong uh, she just released an EP an LP I, I'm sorry uh, last March in 2023 called TZIA Zia uh, not sure if it's tied to the island in Greece called Zia uh, which has some uh, you know folklore to it but uh there you go. Check it out. Uh, Mig Meyer. And last but not least, we heard the song Know Your Product from the Saints out of Australia. Uh, their 1978 LP, their second, called Eternal Years. Uh, they formed in 73. Uh, three Brisbane, Australia schoolmates, and they were originally known as Kid Galahad and the Eternals. Great name. Uh, but, uh, they renamed themselves down the road, uh, the Saints, after their their love of the 1970 in 1974, after the character character Simon Templer, known in fiction writing and off the TV series called The Saint, who uh, some of you, if you're old enough or you've seen reruns of it, uh, you know, I think it Roger Moore was the Saint. I don't recall now, but kind of sounds familiar. Uh, they actually helped initiate the punk rock sound in Australia and became the first punk band outside of the United States to release a record, uh, punk record, ahead of the first uh, UK punk releases of 76, including, you know, The Clash and Sex Pistols and so on and so forth. So they were ahead of their time there. Uh, and then with this record, in particular, though, the band kind of moved out of... Uh, a little bit away from punk, although it's they still have a punk sound to the record, but uh, more towards an R&B sound, uh, and they threw in a horn section, uh, which is evident in this particular track. Uh, the brand released its last LP in 2013, but uh, have since officially dissolved uh, with the death of frontman Chris Bailey in 2022. So there you have it. Know your product. Uh, check out the lyrics. Pretty cool. Uh, and there you have it. Episode 26 of Random Song Encounters, our six-month bargain basement <laughs> uh, episode uh, coming to you. And uh, let's move forward and close this thing out. With that, we reach the end of episode 26 and our six-month run of the show. We're looking forward to the next six months and beyond as we continue to bring you our randomness while hopefully forever expanding your knowledge and, and enjoyment of music. Thank you again for coming along for the ride and hope you'll continue to do so. Catch you next week for ep episode 27. And remember... Share the good stuff. Bye for now. From our semi-annual half-bake sale. Take care.